Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Happy anniversary, everybody. Amen. Amen. It's been three years already. It's amazing. Amen. How quickly time flies when you're having fun. Amen. This morning, we were originally scheduled to hear some testimonies of uh, how joining ACC has impacted people. But, you know, there's a part of me that feels like it's it's almost sounds like some advertising. So, (laughs) and considering that we've already, I think we'll find other ways to share Amen. If you are here, you are not here by accident. Amen. Uh, This morning, what I really feel that God wants to speak to us on is on love. Amen. So our name is Accra Community Church. And if I dare say this, the most important word in our name is actually not Accra or church, but actually community. Because church actually... It means community. <laughs> Only that is a community of believers. Amen. It's Ecclesias. And when you go to the book of Genesis, my favorite book, everything begins in Genesis. And you get to Genesis 2.18. And God has created man, given man an assignment, and he was busy naming the plants, all the fauna and all the flora. And God looks at him and says, it is not good for the man to be alone. When God said, it is not good for the man to be alone, God was there with man. Amen. Growing up in church, especially when we were single and, you know, uh, so, oh, as long as you have God, it is enough. You don't need anybody. God is enough. And yet, in Genesis 2, 18, God himself, who was with man, this was before sin. You know, so there, there was no separation between humankind and God. And God said, this is not enough. So, as spiritual and as amazing as it is to tell the Christian that as long as you have Jesus, you have everything. You don't need anybody else. God says something else. Amen. To the contrary, he says, no. Just me and you is not enough. You need companions. You need other people to do life with. Amen. And in fact, this was so important to God that he made it a command. He made love a command. Many times when we quote Genesis 2.18, we limit it to marriage. But if it was true that that scripture was only in relation to marriage, it means our Lord Jesus himself failed. (laughs) You know, because he never married. Yes, today we are the bride of Christ. It's a spiritual. When he walked this earth for 33 years, he never had a wife. 
He never look, got the, the, the privilege of looking at a girl and saying, you're the only mosquito in my net. You know, all the sweet nothings we spent years writing, he never wrote any. You know, but he had disciples, amen. He had friends. Jesus had so many friends and, and, and some of the bonds he had with people who are not related to him by blood was so strong that when he hanged on the cross, when Jesus hanged on the cross, he called a friend, not a biological sibling. He called a friend and handed his mother over to his friend and said, friend, take care of my mom as I die. Amen. This is the quality of human relationships Jesus had. Amen. And he is our example. He is our example. Many times when we come to church, it is to meet Jesus. And that is great. That is great. It is great to come to church to meet Jesus because he's our reason for living. Amen. But Jesus says that. Jesus says that. Me alone is not enough. Amen. So in Matthew 22... Verse 36 to 40, something happens. They've been trying to kill Jesus. So they've been scheming and finding ways. And finally, they find a very intelligent lawyer, a very intelligent man, who says, I can trap Jesus. I can cause him to blaspheme. I can cause him to say something that you can use against him in the court of law. So this man gets an opportunity to interact with Jesus but his motive was all wrong. And isn't that sad? That a person can get the opportunity to speak to their maker. And yet because of their motive, they miss the beauty that could have been. So this man comes to Jesus. Verse 34, Matthew 22 says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Equally important means equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And at this moment you realize that love is a command. In other words, as we say in Ghana, it is by force. In other words, you don't have a choice. It is not a suggestion. And the condition is very, very simple. As you love yourself, so must you love neighbor. Amen. If you have certain kinds of neighbors, it's difficult. And yet you'll discover that if neighbor in this sense meant stranger, it is much easier. <laughs> because most of the time, the people we struggle to love the most 
are the people closest to us because they hurt us the most. As Shakespeare said, the nearer in blood, the nearer bloody. This community is extremely important to God. He says you can't do life meaningfully and successfully without other people. You can't. You think you can, but you can't. And that's the irony with walls. If I build a wall that is 10 centimeters thick to prevent other people from coming in, I have to go through 10 centimeters thickness of wall to be able to connect to other people. So many times we build walls because we've been hurt and we don't want other people to come in and hurt us. But the same wall imprisons us and makes it difficult. So the longer your wall, the thicker your wall, you have to pay the same price as the person trying to come in. The Bible is full of amazing stories on community. Amen. Most of the time when we read the stories, we just see the God part. But Jesus said that most important, the summary of all the commandments is twofold. God and neighbor. Amen. And in almost every miracle in scripture, almost all of them, there are a few exceptions, but in almost all of them, you see God and neighbor working together to perform a miracle. Amen. In Luke chapter 5, verse 18 to 25, there's a story of a paralyzed man whose friends carried him to Jesus' house. And they ripped apart Jesus' roof because the crowd was so big they couldn't get access. So they ripped his roof, <laughs> dropped their friend in, and he landed at Jesus' feet. And the Bible says Jesus was impressed by their faith and he healed them. He healed the man. Amen. Imagine if he had no friends. There are some of us, if we got paralyzed, there will be nobody to carry us. Nobody to carry us. Maybe you can get one person. But how far can one person carry you? What is interesting, if you look at the urgency with, this, with which these friends reacted in this account in Luke chapter 5, you get the sense that the man wasn't always paralyzed. When, if somebody is born paralyzed and you, know, you saw them paralyzed growing up and they've always been paralyzed, you don't treat it with that kind of urgency. He was a man who at one point stood on his own two feet. He could go wherever, wherever he wanted and do whatever he wanted. But seasons change. And one day he finds himself incapable of moving. But thank God he had friends. Amen. So Jesus performed the miracle of healing. But if the man didn't have friends, he never would have gotten to Jesus. And it's important to remember this. Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 4, we meet two women. Those of you who, who are with us on Sweeter Than Honey, you know we are going through 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 4 is, is Elisha performs miracles involving two women. The first one is a woman who was a widow. Her husband used to be one of the prophets who served under the prophet Elijah, and he had died. 
and he had left a lot of debt. And now creditors were threatening to sell her two sons into slavery. So she goes to the prophet Elisha and says, my husband served under you. And now I am in trouble. What do I do? And then he tells her, what do you have left in your house? She says, well, just a little olive oil. Just a little. A little. It's not a lot. And the prophet says, that's enough. Go borrow vessels. Go to your neighbors and borrow vessels and come and pour the oil into these vessels. Now, if you're somebody who keeps to yourself, and when you're driving and you see your neighbors, you pretend you haven't seen them. Maybe it's because you're an introvert like me, so relating doesn't come easy. Or, you know, you're the richest person in your neighborhood and you can't afford to let all these people always be begging from you, so you roll up. Whatever the reason is, imagine that you don't have a great relationship with your neighbors. How many vessels can you borrow? Maybe two or three neighbors are cool with you, so you get three vessels. But if you're like my mom, who knows everybody and is everybody and walks everywhere, she goes like Jesus and she'll tell you she's evangelizing and she's going and knows everybody. My mother, I am sure in her neighborhood can easily borrow a thousand vessels. Because when you hear her, boy, her greeting can cross three houses. Good morning, oh, like six neighbors I've heard. My father, he will get, if he's lucky, half a vessel. <laughs> Two very different personalities. And unfortunately, um, anyway, amen. I'm, I'm, so God laid this on my heart, and I know that as important as it is for you, it is actually even more important for me, because I am naturally an introvert. Many times I'll promise some of you, I'll call you within the week. I mean, this is a confession. You have no idea how many times I'll pick my phone and find an excuse to call later. My wife, on the other hand, so some of you who have relationships with both me and my wife find it easier to call her. My wife, she can call you in her sleep like, it's easy. Comes to her naturally. I have to put in a lot of, a lot of effort. A lot of effort. I've done a lot of these personality tests. Sometimes I wish I would turn out extrovert. But after they ask me a few questions and I answer, it starts with an I. Introvert. So I know that it is easier for some than for others. But it is a command. A command means that nobody is interested in your reasons. If the government says there is a curfew, everybody should sleep at 6 p.m., and you run into the police at 6.05, they don't care what your story is. You are getting arrested because it is a command. Love is a command. In fact, if you look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the fruit of the Holy Spirit, 
You know, in church we preach about these gifts and and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, gentleness, kindness, love, temperance, self-control. And you realize that actually they are all for community building and not for God. If I have the gift of the word of knowledge, am I going to tell God? Or the gift of prophecy, am I going to prophesy to God? It is for the benefit of neighbor. Amen. So even the gifts he gave us, the talents he gives us, the abilities he gives us, even the fruit, the character he encourages us to form through the Holy Spirit, it's actually for the benefit of neighbor. If you're a kind person, God doesn't need your kindness. <laughs> but neighbor does. Amen. In fact, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, the apostle writes some very, really strong words. He says, if someone says, I love God, oh, I love God, I love Jesus, ooh, I love Jesus, ooh, Jesus. And if they are from where some of us are from, when they hear Jesus, they start crying, oh, Jesus, I love you, I love you, Jesus. That's okay. You don't go to hell for crying anytime you say, I love Jesus. Like, does he beat you? He's, if, it, if someone says, I love God, but hates a neighbor. Some version says a fellow believer. That person is a liar. So if you're sitting here all spiritual, speaking in tongues, binding demons, and you won't pick a neighbor's call or look away because they upset you so much with something they did. And you may have your legitimate reasons, but you have to remember, love is a command. It says, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see, this is scripture, 1 John 4.20. How can we love God whom we cannot see? I read it again. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? It's not possible. In the story of the two women, the first one gets to borrow a lot of vessels. They may have been poor in monetary terms, but she was rich in social capital. A lot of people in Africa are very rich in social capital. And sometimes, that can be converted into cash. Amen. The second woman, when we meet her, also in 2 Kings chapter 4, she was very wealthy. Very, very wealthy. And the Bible says, when she noticed that Elisha the prophet often passes through her town, she kept urging him to come to her house to eat. Basically, she was loving him by force. A lot of these prophets in the Bible were highly introverted. Highly introverted. And the Bible uses the words, she kept urging him. Meaning the first few times she cooked and he didn't show up. And she didn't give up. She kept urging him until the man started eating in her house. And then she said, oh, you know, you can actually also sleep here. 
I said, okay. <laughs> Probably resisted a few times. And then she tells her husband, instead of he just sleeping, why don't we build him a room? And her husband was cool. He was like, probably a fancy man, very passive. It's okay, that's what you want. <laughs> so they, they built him a room. And then he calls her. says, Gehaz, call me the woman. He says, woman, what do you need? What can we do for you? Can we speak to the king on your behalf? Is there anything we can do? Because when you love neighbor, at some point they feel obliged to love you back. Amen. So, and, and she says, no, I don't have any need. My family takes good care of me. Everything I need, I have. Amen. That's what she said. So she wasn't giving because she needed a blessing. She wasn't giving because she needed a miracle. She wasn't giving because she needed a breakthrough. She was giving because she loved. Amen. And what is interesting was that the condition she found herself in, where she had no need, was impermanent. And this is why loving God and loving neighbor is important. Because one day, the same prophet who has been sleeping in her house comes and says, Woman, there are seven years of famine coming. You and your husband bundle up and move. So they move. And for seven years, they stayed in the land of the Philistines. She who used to be the landlady, the Ogakatakata, was now a tenant in the strange land. She who used to say, I am content, I have everything I need, lost her husband. And she became a widow, a single mother. She said, my family takes care of me, and now her family was nowhere near her. It was just her and her son. This is why God made it a command to love neighbor. Because seasons change. Some of the poor people you see in your neighborhood are not going to be poor tomorrow. Amen. Some of the strong people you see in your neighborhood are not going to be strong tomorrow. She who was fully content and had everything all of a sudden finds herself in a strange land, hustling, widowed, and struggling. And after seven years, she comes back. And the same relationship she had built with the prophet Elisha is what God uses to restore her fortunes. Amen. Interestingly, it wasn't the prophet Elisha himself. It was that servant who had misbehaved and had been fired. She had no business even being nice to him. But you can tell from the account, Gehazi had very fond memories of her. Amen. Even when he had lied and st stolen from Naaman and God had cast him with leprosy, somehow his memories of her are positive, which means that she never mistreated him. Amen. And God used Gehazi. Gehazi, Gehazi the thief. To speak to her, to the king. To speak to, to the king on her behalf. You know? so, so this command is not just to your nice neighbors. Amen. Love your neighbor is not love your nice neighbors. 
Love the neighbor who sells weed and drugs in his house also. The one who traffics young people. Love them. And sometimes love means I'll hold you accountable. I'll compel you to do the right thing. In love, but I'll compel you. Amen. This morning, I just wanted to share this with you because this is the spirit of ACC also. Amen. That we will truly love one another. Jesus, by this, Jesus said, by this men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen. It's really as simple as that. Sometimes people come in, then they sneak out. Maybe they've been hurt somewhere before. Maybe they left their cassava on fire and they have to rush home. You know, but if every Sunday you're leaving your cassava on fire, you may burn your house someday. You know? Stay. Get to know people. Because God says you can't do life without people. Amen. Some of you are praying for jobs and there are people sitting right here who knows the person who can employ you. But they don't look like it. They may be the driver in the company. If you look at their shoe, you can see it has seen many hammertons. You know? So love is not based on those things. Some of the nicest people you see in society are heavily indebted. And they dress up to cover it. So love is not, this love your neighbor is not superficial. That is why it is a command. Amen. The Bible is full of story after story after story of God working miracles. But we have to remember, he always involves neighbors. Let's pray. Father, on this anniversary morning, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that reminds us that the command is that we love you with all our heart and soul and mind and to love neighbor ourselves, And that this is a command. Holy Spirit, may you help us walk in obedience. And where we struggle because our personality types don't make it easy, where we struggle because we've been hurt before and loving is difficult, where we struggle because we just weren't raised that way. Whatever our reasons are, we drop them at your feet, Jesus. We say, help us. Help us please you with our choices. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.